What is going on, Wolfpack Nation? We are back here once again, y'all. Another week, another preview, y'all. I know that we uh, kind of skipped the preview for VMI last week and uh, tried to focus on Ice Pack, but I think that this week, uh, you know, obviously starting the ACC schedule for uh, is, is huge, so looking forward to it here. Looking forward to breaking this first ACC game down on the road against Virginia here on Friday night. Um, and, uh, again, y'all, so we got here with us, uh, if you've been a long fan of the show, then you know this guy as he's been on with us a couple of times, but it's been a long time since we've had him on, uh, Dan Siegel, best known, uh, for, uh, uh, when we had him on as a part of ACC content, but, uh, um, you know, Dan, first of all, welcome back. Uh, glad to have you back. And, and, uh, what are you up to these days? I know you said you were at, you're at UMass right now, but you know, do you still do anything from the media side? Oh yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, so I write for the UVA uh, SB Nation site called Streaking the Lawn. I do a lot of content there. And also on the side, I do a little bit of content for College Basketball Review, which right now we are counting down 100 teams leading up to the regular season, 100 teams in 100 days. And NC State mm-hmm. is obviously a part of that. So if you want to check out yep. our team profile, check us out there. That's what I'm doing these days. Perfect. Yeah, no, awesome. Well, good, good to have, good to have you show around, and so uh, looking forward to talking about this game. Uh, you know, again, first, first Friday night game that I think states had in quite some time, and uh, it, it's kind of funny how it worked out. I've never seen, uh, you know, seen seen us in particular, but I mean, both. I mean, UVA is coming off a Friday night game going to Maryland last week. Now they're facing NC State on Friday night. We're facing UVA Friday night, and then we play Louisville at home. Next Friday night. I mean, I've never seen this many Friday games before. So, I mean, I guess it's just the ways with trying to get, you know, TV TV schedules worked out. I mean, that's only the reason I can think of why we're seeing so many Friday night games. And the fact that the Friday game, which has been the one that all State fans have counted on the last few years, being UNC, this year's not on Friday night. It's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. So, I mean... Just, I think it's whole twisting this year. I, I, I mean, any other reasons you can think of, Dan or Michael? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much lost besides that reason alone. I actually kind of like the Friday night game element. First off, really, yeah, you know, we get a lot of eyeballs on the game. Two teams that are, you know, they exist in the national landscape. They, they're power conference schools, but they're not super nationally relevant, like Virginia and NC State. Nobody's going to watch them if they're on at Saturday at three thirty. Nobody that has nothing to, that has. Anything like that, nobody that has nothing to do with either of those schools will watch them, but on right. Friday night, they don't have a lot of competition, so I like that. And plus, I could watch the game and then lock into that, and then the other big games I could watch on Saturday. So it might be a personal thing, but I honestly like the Friday nights. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, me too. I, I know the coaches don't like it, but yeah, for, selfishly, it's nice get your game out of the way early and then uh, yeah. enjoy the rest of the college football games. True. Yeah, no, again, uh, you know, definitely look uh, to force. Let's kind of jump right into it here, Dan. So, uh, you know, let's go ahead and get the, you know, the cat out of the bag here. Uh, You know, with UVA, it's been, you know, a rough start to the season so far. But I think it's been, you know, it's kind of tough to really judge too much on UVA just because of what happened last year, um, you know, in the, you know, the awful, you know, event that had occurred. You know, do you what's your kind of overall thoughts like are, are you are you kind of still on the bandwagon of you know giving tony gibson a little bit of time to you know reacclimate after such a tough event taking place and still since he is so he, i think this is only his third year at uva so he's still fairly early in his tenure 
but I mean, but I mean, there's a legit chance. And tell me if I'm wrong, Dan. But I think there's a. Le- Would you be shocked if Virginia is 0 12 this season? <laughs> Would you be shocked? I would be shocked. Um, I think, well, first off, they have the FCS game against William and Mary, which first off, William and Mary is actually like a top five to seven FCS team. So that's not going to be pretty good. (laughs) That's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch, but they should be decent, at least double digit favorites in that. And there's, I think there's enough bad teams in the ACC that they could get one. Sneak out one. I don't think, I mean, I'll, I'll say it right away. I don't think NC State is likely to be one of them. But I think there's enough teams, Boston College, yeah. Georgia Tech, et cetera. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm going out there right now, y'all, that I, I said that uh, if NC State loses to UVA, I will show up at the live stream on Monday wearing a tutu. I'm, <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am that confident. There is no chance State's going to lose this game, especially Brandon Armstrong, who we're going to talk about here a little bit later. Returning back to UVA, there is no chance he's going to have an off day re- returning back to UVA. Like that is just that's not going to happen. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. I'm saying it. The the, the red lights on. We are recording. <laughs> if, if if we lose to Virginia, I will show up on the live stream on Monday wearing a tutu. I'm telling you right now. Okay. I'm 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 that confident. I just I I I don't see it. But um, you know. Anyway, though. So <laughs> so 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 Dan, kind of kind of talk to me a little bit here. You know, I know that uh, you know, I kind of follow some of your tweets uh, in the Maryland game. And you said, you know, you were kind of talking about uh, Anthony, tell me if I'm saying this name right, Calandria? Yep. Anthony Calandria? Okay. Uh, True freshman, quarterback, um, you know, kind of give me your thoughts. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, and and he didn't start against Tennessee, but it looks like he did play most, most if not started against JMU, and then he played pretty much the whole, and he played the whole game against Maryland. So give me your thoughts on this freshman quarterback for UVA so far. So, yeah, the the UVA quarterback situation has been quite interesting. It started with Monmouth transfer, Tony Musket leading the way, and he got injured against Tennessee, really couldn't make an evaluation about him because the offensive line was getting just manhandled on every single snap. He had no time to do anything. And then Anthony Calantria comes in. He has a little bit of an easier assignment. He comes in really in garbage time, so he can't make much of that, and then plays against JMU. Is not the reason they lose the game. They do lose the game. That's pretty bad. But he really balls out in his first five and a half to six quarters of his collegiate career. And then all of a sudden he falls apart, throws three interceptions down the stretch, and Maryland pulls away. But I do think Calandria has a a, a potential, a, a real future with Virginia, hopefully with Virginia, but at the collegiate level, he's kind of honestly like a Brennan Armstrong in that he's best when he's improvising, when he's rolling out of the pocket, has very good arm strength and arm talent, sometimes makes pretty bad mistakes. But I think we are going to see Tony Musket against the Wolfpack. He is more of the high floor quarterback while I see Calandria is more of the high ceiling quarterback, but there's a reason why Calandria was not supposed to start the season and came in only due to an injury. He's, I don't think he's ready yet to manage a game to get through all four quarters and make the necessary throws and avoid making a mistake and that compounding into more mistakes. Muskets maybe compare him to like, a Walmart Devin Leary, where he's going to kind of manage the game, make the throws, not do anything special with his 
arms or his legs, but won't do anything to screw up either. Right. That's yeah. that's that's what Tony Musket is. He's not going to be the reason they lose the game. I think if probably they lose the game, it's going to be more due to some other things around him. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, that was going to be one of my questions. I was going to ask if what the injury situation was with Musket because I know yeah he got yeah. hurt, so it sounds like Musket, he, he could could be back. It was more of a precautionary thing. They thought that okay. Tony Elliott, the head coach, thought that the difference between Musket and Calandria in terms of winning the quarterback battle was not large enough so that Musket, when he was able to play but not 100%, they didn't think it was worth it. But I think he'll be a lot closer to 100% by this coming Friday. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need. Offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. One of the next questions which I want to ask, uh, you know, and kind of before we continue on breaking down each of the positions, What's kind of the feel right now with UVA fans? Like, you know, I, I remember somebody yesterday actually reached out to me because they're going to be at the game and was asking about like parking situation. And, and I was saying, I mean, I think, I mean, there's there's definitely UVA fans that are, you know, still, you know, have season tickets that will definitely show up for sure. But I mean, should we expect there's still a fairly rowdy crowd, uh, you know, at, when we go to, you know, UVA here this weekend? I, I already see you, you know, shaking your head. So, yeah, give me your kind of thoughts. And, like, what's the overall feel right now of the program? No, I think a lot of fans are fed up. And there is a little bit of leeway because, obviously, the tragedy shortened the season and you can't really make a lot of judgments off of coming off of something that nobody should deal with and that they are very unique in dealing with. But still, it's year two. And you got to start winning games. And the crowd did show up for the James Madison game. And Mm -hmm. there was a reason outside of football they showed up, obviously. Like, they were honoring the three fallen teammates. And there's that. But they did show out. And Virginia loses the game. There's a power delay and then they – or a lightning delay. And they uh, lose the game after – leading by 11 late in the third quarter, the way they lost and the fact that they lost to a group of five in-state rival, I think a lot of fans are discouraged by that. And then they go out and get 40-piece by Maryland on the road. So I don't think the fans will really be there. But do you think that all, I mean, the fact that, I mean, was tied 14-14, you know, at halftime against Maryland. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, it came out, and I, I remember checking the score being like, They scored oh, the dang. first 14 Okay, points. all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some, maybe something to hang your hat on. Nothing. I mean, yes. obviously, still There's, lost. Didn't score any points in the second half. But, I mean, it's something. They they cannot close games. They're, that showed me that there is capability and just the coaching and the discipline and the, like, the big thing about a well-coached team is when one thing happens, it doesn't compound into another mistake and another mistake, and all of a sudden you're down 42-14. That's why I need to see out of that. Yeah. What I don't think. What do you think the the What do you think the crowd reception is going to be to Brent Armstrong coming back? 
Yeah, so I think personally, I feel differently than most of the UVA fan base. If I'm going to be honest, I do not think they're going to greet him well. I mean, it, this is not a this is not a UVA fan base thing. This is just a college sports and sports fans in general. Yeah, they. If you think about it, they sometimes don't always act rationally and kind no, of sure. hate based on emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that. Brennan Armstrong did a lot for the program. He was a real competitor. He was he stayed during a coaching change and a big offensive coordinator change. And obviously a lot of the struggles last year were on him, but also it was a very unfavorable situation for him. And then it made a lot of sense for him to transfer and especially go back to the offensive coordinator he was so successful under. So I think of it that way, and I have zero hard feelings towards Brennan Armstrong. I don't know if I'm going to say I'm actively like watching NC state games and rooting for him just because you guys play in the same conference as Virginia does. But if he succeeds, I I have no ill will. I, I'm, I think there'll be a mixture of cheers and booze, but I think it's going to be more booze, honestly. Yeah. Well, and again, I think that for, you know, for Brennan, it's, it comes down to this is his this is his last shot. You know, I mean, this is a guy who two years ago, you know, during the preseason was, was talked about as being a first round NFL draft pick, but then he decides to come back. You know, with you know with the new coach and Tony, uh, Elliot. I'm sorry, Elliot. Tony Elliott. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Tony Elliott. Um, and uh, huge move for sure. And then it, it didn't pan out. And so it's like, well, if I'm going to have one shot, and if I truly do believe I have the talent and the skill that it takes to play at the next level, then I need to make sure that there's nothing left on the table. On the table, and you see Robert and I, you know, who's a guy that you you threw 41 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, you know, with, and you see him at NC State, and you see an opportunity to go play, and also too at a place that has history of developing great quarterbacks, uh, you know, and, and a coaching staff has a, uh, you know, history of developing great quarterbacks, and Coach Dave Dorn, and you say him. And I mean, look, you look at all the weapons, you know, again, I mean, not, not saying like, you know, like, look at all, look at all of our amazing weapons. Cause we'll talk about that. But I mean, you know, but I mean, there's a lot of them. And then just again, with, with UVA, just, it, it, and from everything I've seen, like, you know, the losing of, uh, you know, all of your wide receiver options. I mean, I think the, the leading receiver that you have from last year had 17 catches last year that, that, that returned this year. So I think it was a tight end who, uh, who is your leading receiver that is returning this year. He had yeah. 17 catches last year. So, I mean, you're just not having much returning production. So, I'm sure, I mean, obviously the coaching staff can say, you know, and hype up a lot of things. But then, day, it's it's a risk. It's a huge risk. And, and it's a risk with a, a guy in Des Kitchings who's a guy that holds, you know, a, a huge place in my heart because uh, when I was a equipment manager, I worked under him for two years. And, I mean, that dude, um, you know, he wrote me a letter of rec- recommendation, an amazing guy, loves his family, like, you know, a great man, a great coach. Probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest running back coaches in the country. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. at UVA, he's offensive coordinator. And uh, you know, it, during his one year at NC State in 2019, didn't work out. Last year, at UVA, it hasn't worked out. So, just unfortunately, you're asking Brennan to put faith in a guy that just in two years he's just not been able to produce. Now, is it his fault? No, not necessarily his fault. Again, he just hasn't really had weapons. Back in 2019, we were dealing with a lot of injuries, a quarterback change, you know, you name it. And then last year, you know, you had Brennan, but just new coaching staff, new philosophy, new playbook. Just it just didn't work out. Things didn't click. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of my two cents. I mean, in, anything you'd add on to that, Dan, or maybe oh. correct me on? No, I I agree with everything you said. One thing you didn't even mention is the fact that it's just well, NC State. No, they're not like a national playoff contender. They're a lot more of a winning program. He's there to win games and shocker, makes- right? To to a lot of state fans, you may not believe that, but we are a winning program under Dave Doran. Yeah. Not as ACC, but overall, okay? You're, so, you're, you're, mind blown. And a lot more so than Virginia in 2023. That That's really a, a statement nobody could disagree with. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and, and so kind of talk to me about, you know, you, you know, you followed Brennan for quite some time for sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing from this offseason when you've talked about Brennan Armstrong is can we see the 2021 Brennan Armstrong that was a borderline Heisman candidate? You know, again, he threw for almost 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I am not even looking at it. I, I know it off the top of my head because uh, that's all I was thinking about the whole offseason. Uh, and so you're saying to yourself, if I can get 75% of that this year with this defense, you know, highlighted by Peyton Wilson, Aiden White, we're going to be an AC contender. Now, what we've seen so far, uh, we've not seen that. We've seen a 60, 63% completion percentage, which is solid. Not, you know, not phenomenal, but solid. Uh, I mean, back in 2021, it was at 65%, so not much of a drop-off there. Um, averaging about 225 yards a game in, in three games, three touchdowns, three interceptions, 120 uh, QBR rating. Um, but again, one of the, one of those games, which I say in UConn, he fully admitted that basically he went into that game knowing that UConn was probably going to pay a lot of deep coverage and they did. And so he just decided to run the ball more and get the first down, not take sacks, do what it takes to win the game. Notre Dame, it just seemed like there was just something off, but you saw things start to click a little bit, but maybe unfortunately later than they needed to. And then again, against uh, uh, VMI, uh, as of this recording yesterday, played a nearly flawless game. So, I mean, for me, I'm sitting here saying, you got to give the guy time, you know, you got to give him, you know, an opportunity to, to, you know, gain some chemistry with, with these weapons, get some game reps with these guys, get some game film to watch back, learn from and take it into, I mean, cause I mean, again, luckily enough, our schedule has been nice. And the fact that, you know, again, no, no disrespect to UVA, but it's not like we're facing Clemson week four. You know, it's not, it's not like we're facing Clemson or Florida State right now. It's like we're, you know, our, we're going to find out now, you know, we're going to hit our head against the wall and see see if the wall cracks. Like, I mean, we have a little bit of time until we see that competition. So kind of give me your thoughts so far. I know you've probably seen Brennan. Like, what are your thoughts on him so far? And and would you say he's closer to 2022 Brennan Armstrong right now or 2021? Okay, that's very hard to say because that was the most <laughs> insane drop off i've ever seen in terms of just dominance versus absolute incompetence i just don't know how that happens even with all the factors considered the weapons not being nearly as good the the offensive system being completely different but Mm -hmm. it's also i went into the year knowing Best case scenario for Brendan Armstrong, he's not putting up the numbers that he put up in 2021. And the reason is because the offensive game plan is just different at NC State. Remember that Virginia went 6-6 six and six in 2021. And why? Because part of their game plan for Brendan Armstrong was kind of flawed. They would put up 45 points but hold the ball for like 25% of the game. And it was mm-hmm. throw the ball on first down, throw the ball on second down, throw the ball downfield on third down. 
And he would take a lot of sacks, but then he'd just convert on third and 16 with some dime. Like, that's that's not going to be what NC State's trying to do. It's a lot more you, – you guys know this very well with Dorian. It's a lot more complementary football, ball control, clock control. Mm-hmm. So – it's it, that's that's hard to answer, but I do think Brendan Armstrong is yeah. a lot closer to where at least Wolfpack. This is my opinion from an outsider's perspective, where they should yeah. expect him to be, but he's nowhere. He's nowhere close to his full potential right now. So, so what what would you say has been part of his game that you feel like that has not been to like again? Kind, kind of give me an outsider perspective who's seen Brendan Armstrong's game. Like, mm-hmm. tell me what are the things that you say. He's done well in, in like in 2021. He did well at this, but we're not seeing that right now. Like, like what? Why is it that we're not seeing like that right now? We're seeing three touchdowns and three interceptions. Why aren't we seeing six touchdowns and one interception? Mm-hmm. Well, the interceptions it makes sense because he he still never was he he was fearless and he would mm-hmm. make every throw. He he thought he could make every throw in the field, and he could at that point. The problem was sometimes that high high reward also is costed by high risk but i think yeah in 2021 every throw is on the money downfield in the flats intermediate every throw is on the money and the accuracy is a lot better than last year but not quite where he was in 2021 now brendan armstrong did also start in 2020 another 500 season for Virginia, and I think that's honestly what we've kind of been seeing out of Brendan Armstrong more this year, his first year as a starter, where he would make plays, but it was mostly with his legs just running through contact, being a being just a dog out there, for lack of better terms. <laughs> and he's he's definitely like a gamer, but it, it's mm-hmm. not. It's more that's what I compare it to, like twenty twenty. Where that that was kind of his playing style, yeah. And and uh, and Michael, I'll kind of give you an opportunity to ask the final question here for this part. But uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up Brian Armstrong here, uh, but just kind of give a recap back in 2020, uh, he was 58.6% completion, 2100 yards passing, yeah. and uh, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So, yeah, not a lot, not not a lot of action there, but not bad though either. Like, you know, did. didn't, didn't kill yourself. So. One thing I remember all three years he absolutely balled out against UNC. So that's a good we'll thing. take that. We yeah. like that. We like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh what what do you what do you expect out of Brendan Armstrong against Virginia? I kinda asked, you know, how what do you think the crowd's reaction to him was gonna be like? How do you think he's gonna handle coming back to UVA and playing? Yeah, that that's a good question. I I, like I, I honestly I, I don't know. I think yeah. I could see him definitely being fired up. I think there this game, there's no avoiding it. I think he's even said it to the media. This game means more to him than any given game against an 0-3 ACC opponent. Yeah, he, He's yeah, going to want to make a statement. Brendan Armstrong does usually thrive in those situations where he's more motivated. So I mm-hmm. think he definitely could go out and throw for like 300 yards and – Wolfpack put up 30 points. I could definitely see that happening, but yeah, it, it's yeah. it's the same thing. Like, if he makes a mistake, do, do they compound? Because that's a big well, thing, too. 
Well, because I'm sitting here saying that, I mean, like defensively, I mean, you know, I think that UVA has been led by the front four, um, you know, pass mm-hmm. rush wise this season so far. And, but I mean, there's, there's nothing necessarily on the defensive side that I'm sitting here saying, well, Brian Armstrong needs to watch out for that. Like, I mean, I mean, there's solid options for sure, but there's not, at least from what I'm seeing, at least from what I've seen, you know, doing my research, things like that. There's not that thing that's like, you know, you, you got to watch, you got to get, you got to get over this. Like then they, I'm sitting here saying if Brennan plays, like he should play, even taking out all of the motivation factors, yeah, he should play a great game. But you add in the fact that he is returning to the school that he played at for, you know, uh, you know, while he was at for five years um, and, and now, you know, he started out for three uh, you know, like, yeah, he's, he's going to want to make a statement, like, you know, making it clear that, listen, this, this is the right move for me, man. Like, you know, last year I was struggling, but see, look at me now, like, you know, like I'm put three fifty and, you know, pass for three touchdowns, run for one more. Like, you know, that's what I expect. And that's why, that's why I'm so confident that he's going to win this game, that we're going to win this game is because of the fact that I just, I don't, I, I, I can't wrap my head around him doing anything less because, and because especially now that I've seen what I've seen out of him. At VM against VMI, which is basically a flawless game, made all the right decisions, was accurate with the ball, twenty seven for thirty two, you know, didn't throw interception, like a, a nearly flawless game. So I mean, if he does that against Virginia, where I'm hoping that Virginia doesn't do as much three deep, so that way we can start doing some deep shots finally, then yeah, I think it's gonna be a good day for him. So so yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean the one the last thing I'll add is from just from a schematic yeah. perspective, I think. The thing you're going to see out of Brendan Armstrong is what UVA struggled with a lot, and that is containing quarterbacks once they get outside the pocket. I don't know how much you dove into uh, Virginia game film, but they could get to the quarterback, but they have a lot of trouble keeping contain when the quarterback is mobile, and that's what leads to the big shots downfield. And uh, There's the uh, Tugovailoa big touchdown where – UVA got some good pressure. He rolls out right, throws an absolute bomb, one-on-one coverage to the outside, touchdown for like 60 yards. That That's mm-hmm. really – the that epitomizes what I feel like has been the defensive struggles this year. It's the big plays. I got it. Perfect. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Well, uh, first of all, Wolfpack Nation, we'll wrap up part one right there. Make sure to tune back in with us here for part two as uh, we will do our keys to the game as well as our score predictions as well. Um, and, you know, and also to, you know, for those who are going to UVA, maybe, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what to do in the area before the game, since you're probably gonna have a little bit of time to kill unless you're coming in right at game time. Uh, but Dan, if you don't mind, make sure to give, uh, you know, a plug for anybody who wants to, you know, check out your work and, or follow you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So I am most active with my sports content on my own personal Twitter. That is Dan Siegel underscore Dan S I E G E L underscore. You can follow us at, uh, Streaking the Law in UVA, that is the SB Nation site. And also, not the theme of this episode, but we do a lot of good college basketball stuff at CBB Review, so check us out there as well. It's perfect. All righty, y'all. And for us, Wolfpack Nation, if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you enjoyed this conversation and if you think N-State's going to win, hit that like button, baby. And if you think N-State's going to lose, then hit that hit that uh, dislike button twice. Yeah, make sure to hit it twice, y'all. Uh, if, if you think State's going to lose. And then make sure to give us a follow Tuffy Talk now on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll see y'all for part two. Go pack, y'all.